0: Coming to you from New York City, the only city in America, it's The Daily Show! Tonight, Congress pops the question, What kids are reading? And Jenny Slade! This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah!
1: Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for coming out in question. Thank you every single one of you. Take a seat. Let's do this. We've got a jam-packed show for you tonight. Sesame Street is trying to spell sorry. Dulce Sloan reads us a bedtime story. And good news, interracial marriage might finally be legal, which means my parents are about to (laughs) So, let's do this, people. Let's jump straight into today's headlines. Let's kick things off with some big news coming out of Washington, D.C. Now, everyone is still shell shocked by the Supreme Court's recent decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. And although this made conservatives happy because they finally made government small enough to fit inside a woman's vagina, everyone else (laughs) was pretty furious. And people weren't just angry at the Supreme Court. No, they were pissed at Democrats because they didn't codify Roe v. Wade. And I don't know about you, but I haven't said codify this much in my entire life. <laughs> we just say it like it's normal, I codify. Did they codify? You didn't codify. <laughs> they should have codified. Did you codify your Starbucks order? I did. <laughs> well, it turns out that same Supreme Court ruling that struck down Roe v. Wade, it also opened the door to future rulings that could overturn other rights, right? Things like the right to gay marriage, uh, interracial marriage, and contraception, all of which are based on the right to privacy, just like Roe v. Wade which is why now Democrats are trying to learn their lesson and protect those rights before Clarence Thomas gets to them.
2: A historic moment on LGBTQ rights.
3: The bill is passed.
2: Nearly 50 House Republicans joined all Democrats to write same-sex and interracial marriage into federal law. The vote comes amid growing concerns that a conservative Supreme Court could nullify marriage equality. Still,
3: 157 Republicans voted against the Respect for Marriage Act. Democrats believe that the government has no place between you and the person you love.
1: The House has officially passed a bill legalizing gay and interracial marriage which is a great victory for 1995. <laughs> because, because let's be honest, it's, it's really strange to be diving back into this debate that we thought was resolved in 2015, right? It's weird that they're like, we're doing it now. What, what do you mean now? What's next? We're gonna start arguing about that dress again? Is that what we're doing? Because it's over guys, it's over. We decided a long time ago, it's blue and black, all right? And anyone who thinks it's white and gold is a Nazi. Yeah, I said it. I'm gonna see those colors, nothing in there. Also. It's even weirder that 157 Republicans voted against this bill. You you voted against... So you're on the record now against interracial marriage? Like, look, I I know mixed couples have ruined your lives for the past few years, but I I think it's time (laughs) to let that go. I mean, I don't even know what the argument is against gay marriage. What's the argument? You know, when it became legal in 2015, conservatives all said, oh, America's gonna fall apart when this happens. And yeah, it kind of did, but that's not because of gay marriage. (laughs) So the bill passed in the House, okay? But there's a chance it might never even reach the Senate because according to one top Democratic Senator, the Senate has, quote, more priorities than we have time. And I I I never understand this. You don't have time? How long does it take? Oh, huh? should gay marriage be legal? Yes, boom, votes are done. That was, that was like what, three seconds maybe? Yeah, I, I can do another one. Look how much time I have. Uh, should interracial marriage be legal? Boom, bam, yes, there we go, done. That's two votes. Uh, let's go again. Should interracial marriage be mandatory? Uh, this one's a little bit harder, but uh, I'm gonna say, yeah, let's do it. All the babies will be super cute. Done, you see that? Three votes, we're in. We don't have the time. And speaking of Democrats having messed up priorities, you know how there are all these um, Republican candidates running for office right now who believe that the election was stolen from Trump by Italian space aliens hacking the voting machines? (laughs) Well, some of those MAGA heads are starting to win their nominations. And you'll never guess who's helping them out.
4: Another election denier has just secured the Republican primary for governor in Maryland. Trump-backed candidate Dan Cox, known for stoking election fraud fears and actually encouraging former President Trump to seize voting machines will face off against the Democratic nominee there in November. In an apparent effort to meddle with the Maryland race, the Democratic Governors Association paid for this ad, touting Dan Cox, a pro-Trump candidate. This isn't the first time a party has worked to choose its own opponent. And Maryland isn't
2: the only state where Democrats have done it this year. They succeeded in boosting Trump-aligned Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania and Darren Bailey in Illinois. They are attempting it in Arizona right now with Carrie Lake. They tried unsuccessfully to do it in Colorado by giving an assist to two 2020 election deniers.
1: Yeah, believe it or not, Democrats are actually helping these extreme candidates win the nomination because they're assuming that they're too crazy to win the general election. Yes, it's a plan that has never backfired in the history of America for the last five years. Yeah, I can't see how that could go wrong. And look, on the one hand, I get it. I get it, right? It's the classic get some ass by standing next to the ugliest person at the bar strategy. I understand that. <laughs> but this strategy assumes that Democrats will run a competent campaign against these people. That's a big assumption. Well, I don't know about you guys. I don't trust the Democrats to run a race properly. These are the only people who try to shoot fish in a barrel and somehow end up with the fish shooting them. Ah, Nemo got the gun! (laughs) I thought I had it, but Nemo got the gun! (laughs) Not to mention the stakes are so high. Think about if this thing backfires, right? Democrats use their money to help crazy Republicans win their part of the race. And if it backfires, what happens? Because right now, there's Democrats out there saying, if this maniac gets into office, it'll spell the end of democracy as we know it. But on the other hand, running against him gives me a four point boost in the poll. So let's roll the dice, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Democrats forget. Not everyone pays attention to politics. All right? Not everyone is super informed about who the candidates are. Yeah, you might be like, oh, this is crazy. Everyone will see it. No, a lot of people, they just show up and they vote. They'll be like, okay, yeah, re- Republican, Democrat. That's all they vote on. Or they just vote based on the name they like best. Yeah, I mean, how do you think Barack Obama got elected? <laughs> A lot of people were like, yo, this white dude's got a crazy ass name. I'm gonna vote for him. (laughs) Wait, what? All right, finally, let's move on from the potential downfall of democracy to a more lighthearted story about Sesame Street. They're racist. (laughs) Or at least that's what they're being accused of after a video at their theme park went viral.
3: Sesame Street, a place of inclusion and learning for generations of kids. But Sesame Place, the theme park based on characters from the iconic children's TV show, is issuing an apology this morning after backlash from this video, showing two young black girls seemingly snubbed by a performer dressed as Rosita at the Sesame Place theme park near Philadelphia. Sesame Place initially released a statement saying that the costumes characters wear sometimes make it difficult for them to see, adding, the Rosita performer did not intentionally ignore the girls and is devastated about the misunderstanding. But that statement wasn't good enough for many on social media who expressed outrage. Now other parents are sharing their own videos that they say show similar instances of their children being treated rudely compared to others, all seeming to show similar bias by characters at the park. As a result, Sesame Place has issued a second statement saying that they are committed to making this right, adding they will conduct training for our employees so they better understand, recognize, and deliver an inclusive, equitable, and entertaining experience for our guests.
1: This is some bullshit. (laughs) These little girls are getting snubbed by Rosita, She's not even a top 10 Muppet. (laughs) Yeah, like like if Elmo or Big Bird snubs you, then yeah, I get it, I get it, they're big time. But Rosita, (laughs) it's like getting snubbed by Hawkeye. My man, you should be honored to take a selfie with me, you Robin Hood ass mother (laughs) (laughs) How is Rosita gonna ditch those kids? And just as an aside though, I don't know if this is racism or not, but can we take a, a step back and appreciate how ironic this outrage is? Because basically what people are saying is, why won't this total stranger touch my kids? <laughs> they touch the other kids, touch my kids! Guy in a furry suit that I don't know, touch my children! <laughs> you know what got me here is this. Sesame Place's explanation for this whole thing was, was, was weird because their excuse was that it wasn't racism, it's just that the costumes make it hard to see at lower levels. But that's where the kids are. <laughs> Why would you design a costume for kids that can't see most kids, huh? These guys are like, look, we're more than happy to give hugs to any children who are LeBron's height or taller, okay? (laughs) I mean, if you can't see at lower levels, what happens with the employees in the parks? Like, they must be so confused. Every day they're just going out, they're like, damn, no kids again? (laughs) Just a bunch of adult weirdos all by themselves. What's going on here? There's also a disconnect between the things Sesame Place is saying, because if this was just an innocent misunderstanding, then why is Sesame Place gonna add bias training? Because hmm? either it was a mistake or it was racism. Copy can't be both. You know, it feels like now that's what companies do. They just go like, oh, we're gonna do bias training. That's, that's, that's what they say just to get people off their backs. Yeah, we're gonna do bias training. We're gonna read some ta codes again. We got this, we're, we're, we're fine. Because what are they teaching them in the bias training? What is the bias training? Hey, um, so, um, so you see the black kids? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's all you have to do. See the black kids. <laughs> all right, that's it for the headlines. But before we go to a break, let's check in on all the latest social media trends with our very own Ronnie Chang, everybody. <laughs>
5: all right, Trevor.
1: What's, uh, what's happening online,
2: man? Oh, y- oh, you really wanna know? You really wanna know. You guys really wanna know what's trending online? You wanna know what stupid bullshit is trending on social media that we're all gonna forget about tomorrow, right? Because it is important, it is so important. All right, all right, let's start with the, with the toxic cesspool that is Twitter, all right? What's, what's trending on Twitter? Surprise me, surprise me. Oh, oh, Benifer. Oh, Benifer got married again. Oh, oh, I'm married again! <laughs> Big deal, people get married every day. These guys got married in Vegas, okay? They didn't even put in any effort. <laughs> For all we know, they were drunk. Okay, and now because what, two 60-year-old drunk people got married by Elvis, now the whole world's gotta talk about it, oh. I mean, they, they broke my heart the first time, and, and now you just want me to what, just believe in love again, huh? <laughs> Jenny from the block? And Ben Affleck from Dogma? Like the, point, the point is I'm not getting invested in this again, all right? Let's just, let's just see what's trending on Instagram, all right? Instagram, oh, what's on the gram now? Let's, let's, let, oh, oh, oh wait, let me guess. Let me guess what's on Instagram. Oh, is it just the stuff that was trending on TikTok two weeks ago? What's the matter, Instagrammers? You don't have your own ideas? What happened? You ran out of pictures of your feet in the sand? <laughs> Why don't you take a picture of your book next to your avocado toast with some flowers on it? <laughs> all right, let's just, go, let's just go straight to the source of the arbiter of human culture now. That is TikTok, right? That's where all our culture comes from. What's trending on TikTok these days? Oh, it's this big trend called uh, uh, the put your shoes on challenge. It's where, it's where, it's where a parent tricks their kid into thinking they have to help them fight another parent and their kid, okay? So let's just watch this clip, but, but hang on to your final brain cells, <laughs> okay? Because this one sounds dumb as shit.
4: Put your shoes on now. Why? Because I'm gonna go fight this girl, and if her son comes out, I need you to fight him. Okay. I'm gonna beat her eye up. Mama.
2: I'll be like this, clock. I'll knock her head off. Okay, you know what? You know what? I I think I I changed my mind on this one. Okay, because when I first heard about this, I thought it was a terrible idea because it's the internet. But you know what? I actually do support child violence, okay? So, (laughs) I'm all for this. But the only bad thing that I can see about this challenge is that you don't actually get to see the fights. Yo, let's see the fights, man. Commit to the bit, okay? I want to see some blood. Even if your kid isn't good at fighting, you as the adult, when you're fighting, you can, you, you can use your kid as a weapon, right? Because they're, they're small enough to fight with. You got a skinny kid, yo, just toss them like a spear, right? You got a toddler, yo, cannonball, just cannonball them. You got twins, you got twins, just connect them by the head and now you got nunchucks, right? Okay. Now, I know, I already know people in the comments section, I can already hear them just complaining, it's bad parenting, you can't encourage fighting with your kids, it's bad parenting. Well, you know what? If your kid is willing to fight for you, no questions asked, that means you are a great parent. <laughs> right? That's right. Now, on the other hand, if, you're, if you tell your kid, hey, let's go fight, and your kid's like, hey, wait a minute, let's hear both sides, that means you up, right? I mean, look at me. Look at me, I love my mom, okay? I love my mom so much, I'd be the shit out of any baby for my mom, right? Yeah, I see a baby, I'm like, yo, don't even get out of the stroller. Do not even get out of the stroller, all right? Yeah, because Mama Chang says, hi, bam! Yeah, straighten the umbilical cord, yeah, bam! That's right, back to you, Trevor. Back to me, are you? Uh, 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 uh. fight babies all day, come on 9 to 24 months anytime
1: <laughs> well good luck with that, Ronnie Chang everybody yeah. you he doesn't like social media alright when we come back, don't say Sloan has some beef with the cat in the hat, you don't want to miss
0: it you can't fight baby.
5: America
1: So, we, we all remember our favorite books from when we were kids. Right? I, I mean, unless you were born after 2000, then we all remember our favorite YouTube videos. <laughs> but those classic children's books had a big blind spot that you might have never noticed. And Dulce Sloan points it out in another episode of dulce Yo,
4: who cares about spot? There are snakes in his house. Get out of there! Oh, <laughs> hello friends. Didn't see you there, just doing a little <laughs> light reading. I know some of you might be wondering, who will say, why are you reading a children's book? And to you I say, why are you minding a black woman's business? But if you must know, I'm reading these kids' books because of how important they are. The fact is, children's books play a big role in shaping our views as adults, whether it's about race, culture, or proper pooping etiquette. But one of the areas they influence kids the most is gender roles, and that's a big problem because when it comes to gender, most of these books are more outdated than a pair of Janko jeans. I mean, why were they so big? We try to sneak Kevin Hart into the movie? Cause chances are, he's already in it. But speaking of little people, this is something we should all be paying attention to because by the age of seven, children's ideas about what they can be when they grow up are already formed. And what do you think those ideas are gonna be when they've been reading books like this? Dick and Jane the book series that almost every first grader was reading in the 1950s and 60s. And it was notorious for portraying stereotypical gender roles. Look at that. The dad and the brother are out playing with Spot and the mom is inside cleaning up spots. I mean, what is that? A puddle of pee? Was R. Kelly their dinner guest? And look at poor Jane in this one. She can't even have a little fun without doing some chores. Can't a girl just roller skate? She has to sweep too. What's next? She's gonna have to jump rope while making a sandwich? But this leave-it-to-beaver bullshit wasn't just happened in the 1950s. Even in the 90s, the four main jobs women and girls held in picture books were scullery maid, daughter, princess, and mother, while men and boys got to be things like detective, aircraft inventor, and knight. And let me just say, I've been on date naps for a long time now, and I've never met an aircraft inventor. If there's a man claiming that on his profile, chances are the only thing he's invented is death. And it's not just men and women getting boxed into old school careers. These books are teaching them how they're supposed to behave in just day-to-day life. You can see this in one of the most famous children books of all time, The Cat in the Hat. It features a little boy and his sister Sally. And while the little boy is a narrator, Sally doesn't get to talk at all. She doesn't get to do anything. She just follows her brother around like she's the Grim Reaper and he's Joe Biden. The only action she does get to do is get tangled up in a kite string. So she's not allowed to talk and she's clumsy? And just look at how many books are dedicated to finding Waldo. But no one is asking, where's Wanda? And she's been missing for 20 years now. You'd think you could escape this problem by just reading children's books about animals, but nope. Even in those books, the main animal character is male, way more often than female. So basically, if you want kids to learn equal gender representation from animals, you gotta take them to the zoo. But good luck with that, because then you'll have to explain why these animals are in jail. And the stereotypes go all the way to plants. Just look at the Giving Tree. The tree is female-coded and acts as a caregiver to the human male character. That motherly tree gave that boy everything. Shade, apples, even wood to build a home. And what did he do to pay her back? Turned her into IKEA furniture. Mm. And while things are starting to improve, there's still a long way to go. Just back in 2017, the bestseller list of children's books was still skewing way more male. It was like the kids section of Barnes and Nobles was curated by Joe Rogan fans. So even though most of the books of the children's library perpetuate these old fashioned gender ideas, the good news is that options get better every year as authors work hard to break these norms and depict women as inventors and scientists or as strong and brave. I'm doing my part and I wrote a children's book myself. It's a classic tale, but with a female character who breaks gender norms. It's called "No Broke Dick and Jane" by Dulce Sloan.
3: <clears throat>
4: Jane does not want dick that's broke. Live with your mom? That must be a joke. Jane wants no dick that's in debt. No poor ass Pete. No broke ass Brett. Jane's broke dick days—they are no more. Ain't got no car? Well, there's the door. Jane's got no time. She has a job. It's not her fault that you don't, Bob. No broke dick for Jane today. Jane's dick needs its own IRA. The end. See, it's easy to write children's stories that show women can be strong, confident, and hold romantic partners to higher financial standards. So, let's give our children the Jane's they deserve, not the broke dicks they've been getting.
1: All right, stay tuned because when we come back, Jenny Slate will be joining me
3: right there.
6: Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season.
1: Tonight is actor, writer, and comedian Jenny Slate. She's here to talk about her new film, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Please welcome Jenny Slate. <laughs> Jenny Slate, welcome back to The Daily Show.
5: Thanks for having me back.
1: I'm so delighted to have you back, especially for this project because, you know, I had heard nothing about this movie mm-hmm. as an idea, as a concept. I didn't know about it when it went viral, but I was sitting in in, in the movie theater. I'll never forget this. And you know, they're playing all the trailers. Yes. And it was interesting, because all the trailers that came on were for like action movies, because I think I was watching Everything Everywhere All At Once, yes. right? which you were also in, by the way. That's true. Right, so I'm sitting there watching <laughs> the trailers, trailers, it's like action movie, action movie, action movie, and then the shell comes on. Sure. And everyone in the movie theater was just like, oh,
6: <laughs> oh. And we,
1: we instantly fell in love. And I remember going, what, who made this? What is this? Who, who came up with it? And everybody loves it. It was like almost like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Everyone is raving about the movie. So, first things first, congratulations.
5: Thank you. Um, Thank
1: you. Secondly, let's, let's get into the how behind sure. all of this. If someone said to me, you're gonna make a movie about a shell with a little, like, googly eye. Yeah. I'd be like, I, I don't think this is gonna work. And yet, it, it worked. Take it from the beginning. Please explain the concept to me.
5: Okay, sure. So, um, (laughs) I also think you're right. There's absolutely no way to pitch this movie. (laughs) Um, And it's a big vote for, like, if you have an idea and you're not sure how to explain it, maybe just try to find a way to do it. I love that. Yeah, and I I think... So, I was, like, doing The Voice first. Um, I was with Dean Fleischer-Camp, who I directed this film, and he and I were at a wedding, and um, we were sharing hotel room with, like, four other people because we were trying to save money. Okay. about... Twelve years ago. So
1: wait, this is—that means it's a destination wedding.
5: It—it it was Connecticut. <laughs> Take it or leave it, you know. <laughs> That's what they chose. <laughs> yeah, um, and we were we were sharing a room with a bunch of friends. I may have been having some cocktails, you know. We'll never know.
1: Okay. Okay.
5: We'll <laughs> never know. Um, but uh, it was really squished in there, and I started being like, like doing this little voice, like being like you guys are like really really stepping on me
0: and stuff like that
5: it's hard to hear but anyway i was doing it um and dean was like you know i have to make a short film for my friend's comedy show could i interview you in that character whatever that is and i was like yeah because i love i love an interview honestly (laughs) <laughs> like, yes, anybody asking me anything for sure. And so um, he asked me some questions. It, the character started to emerge. He did the character design. He, he stuck a googly eye in a shell yes. and, you know, glued the shoes and everything. And we had this sort of, like, interview-based short film that we, we ended up putting on the internet because someone at the comedy show was like, could you put this online? I want to show it to my mom. Um, and we just thought this, like, these two people might see it. And it
1: was a lot more than two people.
5: It was a lot it was, it was more, a f-
1: more a lot, millions more than two people, sorry. Yeah,
5: it. yeah. It was like over 36 million people. Yeah. Right. I know. And so
1: I mean at that point the story's not it's not done. It's not like it's like, oh, 36 million, then it's a movie because right. it, it took you seven years to turn this into the feature film.
5: Yeah, yeah. It, um, the, the film itself took seven years. We first started with the audio recording and a lot of it was like improvised and then we would write uh, scenes based on the improv and uh, eventually ended up with a script. That took about three years and then we did the live action shoot right. and then the stop motion.
1: And it's gorgeous. The way they move is gorgeous as well. It's like, just like little tiny little like hoppy steppy, you know?
5: Yeah, yeah. I like that it is. Our, our animation director Kirsten Lepore made like such beautiful animation. It's not super smooth. Yes, you know, yeah. it, it's just real enough that like you could almost see it out of the corner of your eye.
1: Can I say what, what I love about this story? First of all, there are very few original movies that you watch these days, right? Mm-hmm. Movies will be like, oh the sequel of the sequel of the sequel or the prequel to, before the sequel, right? Yeah.
5: Gotta get and that then, prequel.
1: Yeah, you got to get the prequel Find in. Out um, about it. and then the spin off and then the spin-off to the so sequel, <laughs> <laughs> prequel. But but this is it's such an original idea and it, it's it's surprisingly heart wrenching. I never thought I would watch a movie where, obviously you're laughing. I was like, oh, I'm gonna laugh because there's a shell, you know, with the eye. But then then there's moments where I'm just like, oh, the shell. (laughs) It's it's a really emotional story that you've told. It's it's a feel good story as well.
5: Yeah, yeah. I think um, one thing that I'm interested in is like how those can exist at once i know like i certainly live that way that i can experience like grief and loss while also trying to live a, a life that feels satisfying on a daily basis mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. um that is like one of the things that's built into the film and i think um i think it is funny and i think also there are a lot of adults that end up crying during the movie which is good yeah I think oh it's good. yeah and everybody's made a noise
1: yeah yeah <laughs> i think it's good i think more adults should be crying in more movies I um think so. the 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 stories that I feel like you 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 like to tell don't just involve like voices and uh, you know and heartwarming issues, but it's like there's something that I feel connects you or, or, or that you're attracted to in telling an adult story to kids that's almost secretly going to adults. You know, I, I wonder, are you gonna are you gonna do more of this? Are you gonna make any you know? Do you have any dreams, for instance, of making any kids shows or?
5: Yeah, well, first of all, yes, I do, and I think you're right. I do like stuff like that because I feel like children. Are actually capable of like feeling huge, vibrant, and and sometimes overwhelming feelings, mm-hmm. and it's it's good to like give them a space to try that out and say, yeah, you're like really strong enough mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. do this. But also, there are so many adults who weren't given that opportunity, so it's nice for them to see something where they see like a young or small thing, really making it work in that way. But um, I think you know I would really like it if I had my own show for children and people. Um, I, what, I grew up be? like, like, I think it would be nice. I, I like to say somewhere between Pee Wee and Mr. Rogers, <laughs> but with a woman. Okay, yeah. okay. 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 Yeah. I don't want to give it to a man. I want it to be me. Yeah. <laughs> you, take you take it? Sorry. I want it. No, yeah. No. I want it. You sorry. Yeah. 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 You are sorry. <laughs> um, so
1: I, 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 uh, I love animation. Um, I've always been a fan of you because I, I, I love people who do different voices in, mm-hmm. in because like that's what animation is. You, you've done everything, you know. You, you've done this, uh, you, you know, you did, um, it, you were in, um, I want to say it was uh, Big Mouth, and yep. I want to say it was Zootopia as yep. well. Yep. Yes, and at, every time your voice changes slightly. When did you, when did you start doing that? Is it like, I think you've had your whole
5: life? I think so. It's, yeah, it's sort of like, that's, have you. it's like, have you had this weird mole your whole life or something? It's, you know, it's like, have you had this? Okay. Th- this, has all, have you always, th- yeah, No, 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 yeah. this is great. No, 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 no yeah. I'm, I'm more, I'm more like,
1: I'll tell you why, because I'm, 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 I'm you been trying. You put those away. I'm trying to, I've been trying to make a, a TV show, <gasps> like here, but like, uh, uh... like a few of my, so I, I just, you know, and then what, what I was trying to do, <laughs> what I was trying to do is, I, I was hoping we could, we could do like a little, like a little scene for, yeah. for my show. I'm going because I'm gonna pitch it. Because so, now you showed me how successful it could be. I'm okay. Gonna, so you can, you can be, um, you can be Handy the sanitizer. Okay. Um, or you can be uh, Bluey the the drink thing. Um, uh, or you can be um, Stan the stapler.
5: Oh, Stan. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I, okay, I'll be Stan. Fine. Okay. Okay. Okay, and and then um.
5: Yeah. I'll so, move these
1: so you can see everything clearly. Do
5: I? There we go. On, ah. let me, t- oh, oh, you're doing that.
1: Oh, okay, you got cool. it. Great. Oh, okay, i great. I'll go into that shot. I know how cameras work. Look
5: at I, this. I can be here. This is the wait, film. Where's, that,
1: where's that thing? Put, yeah. Put, yeah, 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 get well, oh, The eyes, oh, all right. Oh, you're
5: getting my back.
1: Okay, we got, yeah, okay. and then we need these eyes turning as, uh, which, which way? Oh, that's the one, that's the one. That's the one, that's the one, that's the one. All right, cool. Okay. All right, cool. I'm gonna figure out what's happening here. They are, give, give me a place where they are, people. They're in Chicago? They're in Chicago. That's very specific. Very specific. All right. And what are they trying to do in Chicago? Go to the circus. Go to the circus? Okay. Okay, okay. All right. They're in Chicago and they're trying to go to the circus, but they can't because why? It's hot right now?
0: It's too hot. Car, car broke, broke, broke down. down. All right.
1: They're in Chicago. They're trying to go to the circus, but the car broke down. All right. Okay. All right. I'm, okay. I'm right. I'm ready with... All right. All right.
0: Stan, ah,
5: ah, ah. Stan, calm down. Ah, Stan, ah, ah. Stan, I just need you to calm down for one moment. Oh, I can't calm down. The car, the car is broken. <laughs> 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 How are we gonna get to the circus now? Can I admit something to you, Stan? Oh, go ahead. I broke the car because I don't want to go to the circus because I don't want everyone to pump my darn head. What? What? I told you my dream was to go to the circus and you broke the car. You know how hard it is for a stapler to buy a car? That was the first car I ever bought. How could you do that to me? I didn't know that it was your first automobile, first of all. Uh Uh-huh. Secondly, Stan, you know that whenever we go anywhere, people pump my head. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know what? You know what? That's life.
1: That's life. You, look at you. You've been a, a hands hand out of A few years of the pandemic and you're
5: tired. You know how long people have been
1: <sniffs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> 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 Stan, these last few years have been really hard for me. A lot of people have been pumping my head. They don't ask. I've had to re... What are you doing? Oh, uh, guys. What?
1: I ordered an Uber. We don't need to have this fight. <laughs> And see, we've got it, we sold it. You make a million. we make a million. All right, people, the Michelle, Michelle, with shoes on, is now playing in theaters nationwide. Go watch the movie and take your kids. We're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this.
6: Stephen Colbert here to tell you about the Late Show Pod Show, which is our podcast for the Late Show with my producer Becca. Uh, Becca, how long have you been producing this podcast?
2: I've been producing this podcast for two years now.
6: And your favorite thing about it?
2: The extended moments for sure.
6: Right, because sometimes I'll interview like a big star for twenty five minutes and we can only put like fourteen minutes on air. Where can people get that?
2: On the Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert, wherever you get your podcasts.
6: And who produces that?
2: Uh I, I help out. It's a team effort.
1: Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go, before we go, I wanted to tell you about our newest daily show podcast called Hold Up. right, there are are podcasts out there that discuss uh, major issues from nuclear war to economic uh, crises, but uh, this podcast is not that. Instead, (laughs) Hold Up features our very own Dulce Sloan and one of her good friends, Daily Show writer, Josh Johnson, arguing about the stuff that's important to them. Yeah, so if you want to hear hilarious debates uh, over vacations versus staycations or body wash versus bar soap, then check out Hold Up with Dulce (laughs) Sloan and Josh Johnson every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, stay safe out there, and remember... If you're a Muppet crossing the streets, (laughs) you look left, right, and down so you don't miss the black children.
0: Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central. And stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. This has been a Comedy Central podcast